Thanks for joining the One Cause Church podcast, Building a Better Life. For more information about our church, service times, and resources, please check us out on the web at www.onecausechurch.com. You can also search One Cause Church on Facebook and on Twitter. God bless you. Amen. Everybody all right? Take your Bibles and turn to the book of Romans chapter 12 as we are in our second part of the series called Under Control. And that is we're talking about getting your mind under control. And I want to remind you again here today, or maybe give you a revolutionary thought, that you really can control what you think. You, you're not, your brain is just not some machine up in your head that you have no control over and you are a, uh, um, <clears throat> you are a prey to its every whim. No, you have uh, every reason, every way to control it. As a matter of fact, not just the ability, but actually the command from the Scripture to do it. Because the Word of God clearly teaches us that as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So it's important to get the right kind of thoughts. Yeah. Amen. And so we're going to look over some scripture uh, today. Uh, let me just give you a little preview of what we talked about last week. And that is, first of all, that the Word of God is God's revealed knowledge to us. God really wants to, you to know Him, and He wants to know you. He already does know you very well, but He wants you to know Him. He wants you to have a relationship with Him. And since we can't see Him, Jesus has ascended into heaven, and we will see Him, praise God. But for now, we get to know Him through His Word and through His Spirit who lives in us, and it's a walk by faith. Hallelujah. Jesus told Thomas, He said, Thomas, because you've seen me, you've believed. Blessed are those who have not seen me and still believe. Amen. And that, that's you. I want you to say this. I'm blessed. Yeah, that's what Jesus said. You're blessed if you, if you believe in Him and have not seen Him. And so we see Him, though, through His, through his Word. We see Him through the Scripture. It's all pointing at the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise God. He is the living Word. And so, but this Word of God, the Bible that we have, is God's revealed knowledge to us. God did not write this book or have men pen this book by inspiration of the Holy Spirit to confuse us or just to make us look at it and go, I just can't understand what this is saying. But if you'll really begin to change the way you approach the Word of God, and that is see it that God is trying to communicate with you. He loves you, and He's got so many wonderful things to get into your life through His Word. And um, you'll begin to have understanding as you see it that way that God is wanting to communicate. And last week we talked about how that we, in Genesis chapter 1, it says that then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and, ev and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him, male and female, who created them. So God created man, two types, male and female. And he created us like himself. That is, he patterned us after him, after his likeness, which means, which is really good news, in this fact, there's no other, there's no other creature like you then on planet earth. You're the only being on this planet that is created in the image of Almighty God. That that's wonderful. That's why you're, that puts you right at the top of the food chain. Actually, kind of takes you out of it. You're not actually food. You're called to, to have dominion over all the food, over all creation, because you're created in God's image. Hallelujah. Which means that God knows how you work. God knows how you function. If he made you like him, how many of you know he knows himself? So if he knows himself, then he knows you. And so then he gives us this word then to show us 
just like I've talked to you last week about some of you are going to be assembling things for Christmas. <laughs> Putting things together, pulling out of a box and giving it your best attempt to produce a toy, a bicycle, a piece of furniture, whatever it might be. And how many of you have found, I have found through the years, it's so important to really actually read the manual when you're doing this. And to not just put it aside and think that you've got delusions of grandeur concerning your knack <laughs> for putting things together, being a handyman. I'm not a handyman. I'd like to think of myself as a handyman, but I'm just not. And I found that when I tried to do it without those instructions, just by looking at it, that I always had spare parts left over in the end, or I just never really quite got through with the project. You know, just, all right, I'll get to it another day. And then it just becomes something collecting dust in the corner of my garage. But it's important that operator, that manufacturer, has given you those instructions so that you can clearly see how the thing works, how it functions. I've even got frustrated at the manufacturer in the process of putting it together, apart from the manual. You know, calling them an idiot or whatever it might be. Going, who designed this stupid thing? Hey, I'm the idiot. I'm not looking at the manual. I'm but see, here's the thing. God has given us this instruction, man, this word of God, this revealed knowledge to us because he knows how we function. Thank God he knows and he showed us how we work through his word. But how many times are we putting that thing aside, just trying to take life on by ourselves and finding ourselves frustrated, finding ourselves discouraged, mad at God, hmm? upset with him because not everything's working out, right? But we're the boneheads. We're the ones that are, have, have just decided that we're going to refuse the manual. But listen to me. God loves us so much that he has given us this revealed knowledge to help us in our lives. He really is on your side, and he really does want to help you today. Amen. The Word of God says that he's a very present help in time of need. So why is this so important that we get our minds right? Like I said earlier, because as you think in your heart, so are you. All right? So... And, and you know what? And in your life, it's not near as important what others think about you as it is what you think about yourself. I mean, God thinks wonderful thoughts about you. I love that. The Scripture teaches us. But what determines you is what you think about yourself, ultimately. Because God can think all these wonderful thoughts about you, but if you don't get those same thoughts in your life, you'll never enjoy the reality of those thoughts. And these are things we talked about last week, and that the dominant interest of the mind is what causes the will to follow. Romans chapter 8, verse 6, also more revealed knowledge from God that taught us that to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. And I think I'm in good company when I say that I want life and peace over death. Anybody else here feel the same way? You choose life and peace, hands down, any day over death, right? And it has to do with the mind. Your mind is what takes you to death, or your mind is what takes you to life and peace. Whether you're going to submit your mind to the things of God, or just to the whims of the flesh, the world, and the devil. And this spiritual mind is affected by God, it's corrected, it's elevated, and it's ennobled by His divine influence. Now, it's not a divine domination, it's a divine influence. He speaks into our lives, and we have a choice right there whether we're going to say, yes, I accept that, I receive that, or discard it. 
Now let's get into some new things. Romans chapter 12, verse 1 says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren. Everybody say, brethren. By the mercies of God, so Paul's talking to Christians here, isn't he? That you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Verse 2, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So he's speaking to believers here, and what Paul is showing us here is, as believers, we have a responsibility to get our minds right. You were born again, became a new creation in Christ by faith in Christ. But ladies and gentlemen, have you know though, your, your mind didn't change at that moment. Your thoughts didn't change. I, I've had people come to me and say, Pastor, I don't, I don't even know if I'm saved. Because, I mean, I, I think these horrible thoughts, these thoughts come into my mind, and I just go, is my salvation experience really real? How can I have these kind of thoughts? Right? Has nothing to do with that. Has everything to do with how you control your mind. The thoughts you choose to dwell on or the thoughts you choose to discard. See, because you've got all kinds of influences coming in your life. God has something to say. Your, your enemy, the devil, has something to say. Your flesh has something to say. The world has something to say. And the world, the flesh, and the devil are the things that we're continually warring against. But God is speaking influence into our lives as well. And so just because a horrible thought hits your mind does not mean that you're the one that created that horrible thought. Matter of fact, if you're a new creation in Christ, that did not come from who you really are. Right? So your salvation experience is spirit, soul, and body. That is that the moment you believed on Christ, you were saved. You were justified. Everybody say justification. I'm going to give you some big theologian words, all right? Justification. That means that your spirit was made right with God. But right now, while you're living on this earth, breathing and, and existing, you are in this salvation process called sanctification. Everybody say sanctification. All right? And this is all about renewing your mind. This is all about getting your soul saved. And you do that by continuing to give in to the influence of the Word of God in your life. So you were saved, spirit. You are being saved, soul. But then someday... You're going to get a brand new body, thank God. And that's called glorification. You will be saved. You were saved, you are being saved, and you will be saved. Justification, sanctification, glorification. I hope this isn't too deep for Sunday morning. You were saved, you are being saved, and you will be saved. So right now, this is the, this is the time when we are getting our minds wrapped around continually, and we've got to do it every day, around this salvation experience that we have, around this new relationship that we have in God. Amen. After you've been born again, you still have to get your mind right. Now, I want you to take your Bible, turn to Romans, I mean, I'm sorry, Acts, the very next book over from, no, it's before Romans, isn't it? Acts, Romans. Go left. Acts chapter 11 That's why, that's why we, we talk about this amazing message of Christ, that Christ died for our sins and that he was buried and he rose again the third day. And see, that message right there is the message that saves men. That's the message that, that gives us that new life, that pulls us right into the family of God by faith in that. Because 
men are out there trying to change their ways. They're trying to better their life through whatever, you know, trying to be more positive or, you know, self-help and all those kinds of things. But that stuff is so irrelevant compared to the first step. It means nothing. There's got to be a step before that. That is initial faith in Christ. And see, when you then have that born-again experience, then you have the ability to truly change your mind, change the way you think, and have that affect your life. Acts chapter 11, verse 17. Um, this is the chapter after 10. As you know, 11 comes after 10. And uh, <laughs> Peter had been at a guy named Cornelius' house um, who was a, a Gentile, and him and all of his house were there to hear the message from Peter. I don't have time to go into the entire story, but up to this point, it was not known to Peter and these guys that the, the salvation was for the rest of the world. They thought when Jesus said, go into all the world and preach the gospel, they, they thought in their minds that that was all the Jewish world. And it was a revolutionary thought when the Spirit of God said, arise, Peter, kill, and eat, telling him to go to a Gentile's uh, house. And he said, Lord, this is a new thought. No, I'm not going to do this. And Lord had to tell him three times before he finally showed up at this guy's house, preaches the gospel, and it's the first Gentile convert in the New Testament. Thank God. And open the door for all of us to receive the gospel. But, but Peter, and now he comes back to Jerusalem, and these Jews, they're taking it up on him. They're going, what are you doing in this Gentile's house? Peter never been there. I mean, th th this guy has committed some serious treason against their law. And, and so this is what he says, verse 17, 11, 17, says, If therefore God gave them, that is, Cornelius and his family, the same gift as he gave us when we believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I that I could withstand God? Verse 18, when they heard these things, they became silent. And they glorified God, saying, Then God has also granted to the Gentiles repentance to life. See, it all had to start with faith first, and then God granted the ability to repent. Amen. Amen. A lot of times, you know, you can't repent truly before you believe. Here, here's the thing. If it's not going to do a drowning man any good. If I'm standing on the shore and I'm watching this guy out on the ocean struggling for life, it's not going to do him any good if I tell him, confess you're drowning. Turn! Turn from the water. Come to the shore. Right? Not helping this guy out one bit. Right? But when I give him something to help him, lifesaver, Christ died for your sins, according to the Scriptures. He was buried. He rose again the third day, according to the Scriptures. Believe on Him, and you'll be saved. Grab a hold of that. And when you do that, then you can begin to use your mind in the right way. Hallelujah. Believe so that you can repent. Amen. Now, after... Uh, now listen, and you won't change until you really see the need to change. And you, w w the more you look into the scriptures, the more you look into the Word of God. I don't, I don't know if you found this to be true, but I have found that it, the more I look at it, and in experience life, I realize I'm really not smarter than God. He knows what's up. He really does. And the moment you stop arguing with Him. Hallelujah, things can turn around. The word transformed, you might write this down. It means to be changed completely to a new and better way of living. To be changed completely to a new and better way of living. That means, so if it's new, then you don't know it. Right? And if it's better, we got to have that, right? 
Hallelujah. The Amplified says in Romans 12, 2, Do not be conformed to this world, this age, fashioned after and adapted to its external, superficial customs, but be transformed, changed, by the entire renewal of your mind, by its new ideals and its new attitude, so that you may prove for yourselves what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God, even the thing which is good and acceptable and perfect in His sight for you. Now, take your Bible now and turn to 2 Corinthians 10.5, and we're gonna, I'm going to help you now. I'm going to help you now learn how to change your mind. Really, really, really make some changes. Okay? Second Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 3 says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not, say this word loud, war according to the flesh. In case nobody told you, you're in a war. I'm here to inform you today, as a child of God, you are in a war. When you became a child of God, you also enlisted into the army of God, right? Became a soldier in the kingdom of God. So since we do not, since we walk in the flesh, but we do not war according to the flesh, which means that we don't just take what life hands us. We don't just eke out an existence, but we fight for what God has for us. And there's only one way to really fight, and that is by faith. The good fight of faith is the fight that wins. It's the victory that overcomes the world. Amen? You always See, God has set you up in such a way to win every battle that you have, that you face. Every one of them. You're not created for death. Y'all should have amen there and not went quiet on me. For the weapons of our warfare, verse 4, are not carnal but mighty in God. For pulling down strongholds. For pulling down strong these weapons, so then, so then we're at a war, and this war is to pull down strongholds. All right, that's the purpose of this war: to pull down strongholds. A stronghold means a fortified position or a mighty fortress. All right, a fortified position. So we're going to war to tear down strongholds. Say that with me: We're going to war to tear down strongholds. Now, what's so cool about this is that God's about to show us the makeup of a stronghold. All right? Now, I don't know about you, but I was raised with, I mean, been in church all my life, but I, and I've heard a lot of funny ideas about strongholds and about spiritual warfare and what all that kind of stuff is. But here, it's showing us what a stronghold is and actually where a stronghold is. It's in the mind. Now, I'm telling you that because some of you may be here today, like I've been exposed to things that, a stronghold meant that you would go outside of the building, look up at the sky, and start rebuking the strongholds over your city. Man, it got quiet. Y'all heard the same message. Pulling down strong all over the city, right? Well, let me tell you something. If you don't change the way people think in a city, you're not going to change the city. The people's minds have to change. If the family's going to change, their minds have to change. You can stand outside their house all you want and rebuke the sky. We get way too spooky sometimes. Amen. Can I have a better amen than that? Thank you. (laughs) Casting down. Here it is. 
Verse 5. Casting down imaginations. Now, are imaginations over your city or are they in your mind? Casting down, pulling down strongholds, and there and he goes right into it, casting down imaginations. And every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. So he's showing us what God is showing us. This is how strongholds are built. Casting down imaginations, every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. All right? Heather and I, if we watch the news, we usually watch Fox 4. And uh, they do this, this thing where they always show buildings imploding. You know, you know, anybody know what I'm talking about? They love to show that because they get people that write them and tell them they hate them showing these buildings imploding, so they do it more. And uh, it's just fun. I, I like watching. A, I, that whole thing just is cool to me. I, I, I just think how cool that is. They can, they can strategically place these explosives in the building and just watch it cave in on itself and not affect any of the other buildings around it. It's amazing. But, you know, in order for those guys to do that, the first step they have to take is get to the blueprints and find out how this building is designed, how it's first built, so that they could properly know how to bring it down. And what God has showed us here in the Scripture is how a stronghold is built. And so when you see then how it's built, then you can know how to bring it down. And it starts with thoughts. Everybody say thought. Contradiction. Imagination. Go to Genesis chapter 3, and I'm coming to the end. We're heading toward the end of this, this culmination point. He's showing you how a stronghold is built. He's giving you the battle plan here, bringing every thought into the captivity of the, of the obedience of Christ. So it's casting down imaginations, every high thing that exalts itself against, there's the contradiction, the knowledge of God, bringing into captivity every thought. Thought, contradiction, imagination. And, and I want to say this too. What some people call a weakness in their life is really just a stronghold. Well, I can't help it. That's just the way I think. Hey, that's not a weakness. You've allowed a stronghold in your life. Amen. Is it okay if I talk to you like big boys and girls today? We are all adults in here, right? Huh? Hallelujah. People have these massive strongholds in their life that all start with a thought. See, that thought gets in their mind, and at that moment, they're at a crossroads. They're either going to just put it aside, because you really can do that, or begin to entertain it. And when you begin to entertain it, then it becomes the meditation of your life. It's more than just a simple thought. Now you're thinking about it. Now you're talking about it. And as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Then you begin to argue against reason. Well, I know I'm married, but there's no way in the world I should be treated the way I am. And Mr. Homewrecker here at the office has given me some attention. Maybe, maybe, maybe that's my real soulmate. Hmm? Thought, contradiction, imagination. And then the will follows. The truth is, you just set up a stronghold in your mind, and it's about to destroy life as you know it. Because you're either bringing them down, or they're going to take you down. 
Three steps, thought, contradiction, imagination. Genesis 3, verse 1, now the serpent was more cunning. <laughs> so this, this is, I'm here to tell you, this all started in the very beginning. It's the same scheme of the devil today. All right? Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, has God indeed said you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? Everybody say thought. Has God said? And Eve, hmm. And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, You shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. Then the serpent said to the woman, You will not surely die. Contradiction. For God knows that in the day that you eat of it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman, what? saw that the tree was good for food, imagination, got a whole new picture about this fruit than what she had before. She saw that it was good for food when God told her it wasn't good for food and that it was pleasant to the eyes and a tree desirable to make one wise. She then, the dominant interest of the mind, caused the will to follow, she took of the fruit and ate it. She also gave to her husband, and he ate. How do we bring down that stronghold? Well, I want to encourage you, go back to the thought. Go back to the thought. That thought's there, because you allowed it to be there. Go back to the thought and address that thing and get a new thought into your life. All right? Just get a new thought in your life. You can change just like that. You can change what you think. Philippians 4, 8, we read last week, whatever things are good, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, if there's anything, uh, any virtue, if there's anything praiseworthy, think on these things. You can just put a new thought there and get the other one out. But you first have to address that thought, cast it down. Every high thing exalts itself against the Lord, bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. That is, you come to the place where you say, if, it does, if it's not in the book, I ain't thinking about it. If it's not here, if it contradicts what God has said, if it argues against His, His truth, I'm not going to think about it. Amen. And let me just say this too, speaking of Eve, something the Lord showed me a few days ago. Just, just how much your, your God loves you. In Romans chapter 5, it says that by one man's sin, death came to all. By one man. Now, last I checked, there were two people in that garden, and she was the first one to do it. But it didn't give her any credit. It didn't give Eve any credit for the sin. It says by that one man, Adam. Death came to all. That's not fair. Why? How come Eve gets off so easy? How come she didn't get credit for that? It makes sure to tell us by one man. Right? Laugh it up, ladies. But you know what? The more I thought about that, And then it says, by one man's 
righteousness. It's by that one man's disobedience, death came, but by one man's righteousness, something different has come, hasn't it? Life has come. See, church, you are Eve. You are the bride of the last Adam. And just like that first bride had no participation in bringing death and sin to us, no credit, so you get no credit for bringing righteousness into your own life. Jesus did everything that was necessary for you to be made right with God. And all you have to do is receive that into your life. Hallelujah. Amen. That was free. I didn't have anything. But, you know, I'm thinking maybe about taking up another offering right now. That's a two-offering message right there. (laughs) Some of you got real nervous. See, I knew they were all about money over there at One Cause Church. Relax. All right. Getting these, getting these new thoughts in your life. One, being in the community of believers. That's what church is here for. That's what church is here for. Amen. I come to church because it helps me keep my mind right. Right? Thank God. I mean, when I think that I've done something so bad, I come to church and go, oh, I'm not near as bad as him. Thank the Lord. Right? <laughs> That's a joke, too. I'm just relaxed. No, we come together because when I see your faces, it it really helps me. I think all of us have this incredible dependence on God's grace. We all have this hunger to know Him. Come from all walks of life. Come in one, one room to experience one God. And that find out that grace from God is the answer for all of our lives and all the different dynamics that we're in. The race, the family we're in, the gender, it doesn't matter. His grace is sufficient for everything. Come to church. Stay in the community. Read and listen to the Word of God. Listen to good, encouraging, positive music. Amen. We have a, gr- we have a really good praise and worship CD here that you can get. Another, another thing is weigh your words. Watch what's coming out of your mouth. They help you get your mind right because your mind follows what you're talking about. Amen? Speak life. Let your speech be filled with grace. Memorize. Memorize a scripture. It won't hurt you. It will help you. Memorize a promise from the Word of God. You'll, that'll take the rest of your life to do that. Just one a week. It's determined to get your, your, your life full of the thoughts of God, the words of God. Amen? Keep yourself in an environment where God is always welcome. Think about where you're going. Think about the places you're going. Is God welcome in those places? Are you leaving your your life open to any moment? God can be here. God can be here. Right? And purpose to think on good things. When the right kinds of thoughts become the dominant force in your mind, then your will will follow. Your life will go in the direction that you've been hoping for it to go. 
that you've been praying for it to go. Amen. And you know, sometimes you don't need to make a full 180-degree turn. Sometimes you just need to make a little shift, right? And I want to warn you here today that some of those thoughts that just don't seem all that bad can be the most dangerous thoughts, right? Because they're deceptive. There's a way that seems right to a man, but the end brings destruction. And, and, and you end up missing the mark. That's what sin means, to miss the mark. So whether you miss it by an inch or 100 yards, it doesn't matter. The fact is you miss still. Right? So sometimes just tweaking your mind. And th- this can happen every day of your life. It's, as a matter of fact, that's what we should do. Because you've got new things happening in your life all the time, so you've got to get God's thoughts on it. All right? And thank God for the Holy Spirit who guides you into all truth and for the anointing that teaches you all things. Thank God. See, the Holy Spirit is never going to miss His appointment with you. He's never going to go uh, allow you to go do something without first telling you, uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. And if we're all honest here as believers today, we know that we first initially ignore the advice, the influence from God, and then go do it anyway. Because the Holy Spirit is not going to fail. He's not going to go, shoot, missed him. Mm. Caught me eating a cracker. No, the Holy Spirit is there inside you. He's dwelling there. He's a very present help in time of need. He's there to guide your life in the right direction. And you know what, ladies and gentlemen? As believers, He's not there to convict you of sin. He's there to convict you of righteousness. He's there to convict you of who you are in Christ. Amen. He knows that your sin has been dealt with. Praise God. He convicts unbelievers of sin. He convicts you of your continual right standing with Almighty God. He'll say things like that. Now, that's not how you act. That's not who you really are. That's not who you are. How can can you think... How can you go that way when you're seated in heavenly places with Christ? How can you have fellowship with darkness when you are the light of the world? Hmm? Is this helping you? All right. That way you never fall under condemnation that way. You know that he's there to push you up. Has this helped you today? Once again, thanks for joining the One Cause Church podcast, Building a Better Life. We invite you to check us out on the web at www.onecausechurch.com for upcoming events and information about us. God bless you.